Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, the fact that it was called by the players, I mean, it wasn't the coaches going, you guys get in there and figure it out. Uh, and what that, you were there in the midst of that, Jeff, was it, it kind of was revealed organically by yeah. uh, Jordan Whittington? Yeah, and I guess I guess to answer the question, look, I know players-only meetings have taken on a negative connotation around here. We talked about this when the first one happened after yeah. the Texas Tech game. Correct. It's kind of taken on a negative connotation around here for the last decade. Uh, did it work? I guess we'll find out on Saturday at the end of the day. Uh, but Jordan Whittington was the one who talked about it the most. He basically summed it up. It was more kind of, kind of along the same lines. Uh as the one after the Texas Tech game, yeah, you know, and the thing about those, Craig, you've heard about them over the years. A lot of it can it can turn into festivus real quick, where it's just airing of grievances. Yep, this was more of leadership, similar format where leadership is just saying, "Hey, look, we're close. Just got to tighten up on some things, take care of the details, be a team that pays attention to details, all that stuff." As a matter of fact, Jordan Whittington, the verbatim quote is, "quote We met to get everybody back on track as far as tightening of details." So. Do with that what you will in terms of the players-only meeting. Uh, a lot of good stuff from Quinn Ewers yesterday during the player availability. Uh, talked about staying after practice and throwing more, just trying to reconnect in, in terms of his yeah. uh, his relationship with Xavier Worthy. Those two are really close, but just getting on the same page. Like Xavier Worthy had 17 targets in the Oklahoma State game and only had four catches. I just felt like it was Quinn maybe locking on to him too much. And, and this is the other thing, and this kind of bleeds into kind of what my theme for the week is going to be. Because I, I, I shredded Eric Reigns in the hallway, and I think with the way K-State beat Oklahoma State, and as bad as that was, I think there's kind of this expectation of, oh my gosh, can Texas hang with K-State? Which a week ago, I don't think we'd be having that conversation about this game. I'm expecting it to be typically what you expect of most Chris Kleiman games at K-State. And Eric's not the only one who's expressed that to me. Uh what you'd expect from most Chris Kleiman K-State games is going to be a tight ball game, go down to the fourth quarter. I mean, Chris Kleiman K-State, they play a lot of one-possession games, have played a lot of one-possession games since he took that job. Not a, not all that dissimilar from the way Bill Snyder's teams approach things. They kind of want to limit possessions, shorten the game, get it to the fourth quarter, give themselves a chance to win. So I'm expecting it to be that kind of game. That's what the three meetings with K-State under Chris Kleiman in Texas, with the exception of the 2020 game, but the three close ones, the, the you know you think about the game in 19, uh, and then the game last year. The game last year in Austin was a, was a five-point game. So that True. said, uh, I think you're going you're, you're gonna to need – you're going to need your running game to travel. I know that's kind of cliche, but the running game can travel. It's something that I think at this point is reliable enough for Texas that their ability to stop the run and run the football, I think they're both reliable enough that you can count on them. But the part about Quinn Ewers and just him getting – we heard Sark talk about it yesterday, just Quinn kind of riding that roller coaster. And and we talk about it like every, even the really good quarterbacks at some point early in their career, they hit a bump, they have some adversity, and you got to kind of work through it. Uh Ewers did say that Sark sat him down early last week and talked to, talked to him about some of Sark's uh, toughest games as a college quarterback at BYU and how he bounced back from those games. Quinn said, quote, he kind of took me through what he went through. I think that helped me a lot. 
But I think this is two parts, Craig. I think one, you're gonna, and the frustrating thing for me watching this, watching the Oklahoma State game was that was a game where I felt like they were running the ball well enough, especially with Quinn struggling, that they could have just put the ball in the hands of their two talented running backs, which is what they did the week before in the Iowa State game. Like you saw that game get to a point where Sark was like, you know what, passing game didn't happen today. It's not clicking. I'm just gonna. Get, Turn around and hand the ball get to five, five and two and, in the backfield yeah. and just let them carry us to the finish line. And you think about the drive that ended with a missed field goal. Like, yeah, that drive starts with a 20 yard completion of Jaleel Billingsley, but then it's Bijan for 13, it's Bijan for nine, it's, it's Roshan for five, it's Bijan for three. You got, I think they've got second and seven at the Oklahoma State 28, and then it's two incomplete passes in the field goal attempts. Like, at that point, just if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Like, just yeah. keep running the football. So I think part of Quinn's struggles, I think that's uh, – and, and Sark, look, Sark's always going to take the blame for when play-calling mishaps happen or the flow of the game gets disrupted. He, As a play-caller, that's his responsibility. And I think part of that is Sark, too, to maybe be a little bit patient and say, yeah, you know, the deep – the they kept trying to take shots down the field. You know what? The shot's not there. Uh, you know, maybe just take what the defense is giving you and, and run the football. Uh, what is the whole, you know, I forget what, I think it's the, the Mike Leach, I think Mike Leach said, it, like, don't, don't be, and I'm butchering the saying here, but don't be, don't hesitate, don't be afraid to take a profit on offense. Like, if they're giving you the run, just run the football. And I think that's going to be key for Texas. It'll take some pressure off Quinn Ewers. I think Sark has to be a little bit patient. I think Quinn has to be a little bit patient and understand that, look, at this point, teams have film on you now. They're going to see what gives you problems, where you're trying to force the football. If they're trying to force the vertical game, they're going to keep taking away the deep ball. And part of the stuff with as much too high coverage as people are playing now if you're reading it right and you're taking what the defense gives you, that opens up two areas. One, the middle of the field in the passing game. And we saw Texas, they, they did it late against Oak State, Craig. They did it late hitting Jatavian Sanders when he started to get involved. Mm-hmm. But the other thing is that, man, you can run the football. And I think in the run game, too, I thought Sark was on point with talking about this yesterday. Against Oklahoma State, some of the, the, the way some of the runs developed, the way he called some of the runs, he felt like he could have done a better job. And I think this, you know, we saw Texas have some success on counters. And I think when you're running your gap schemes, you're creating angles, you're creating leverage. And I think for a young offensive line, I think that helps those guys. Because now at that point, you're not just counting. It, it takes, and we've seen Texas block the zone run game really well. But that takes time. And one thing that will kill a zone run game, like Oklahoma State was doing, penetration will kill a zone run game. How do you counteract that? If you're running your gap schemes the right way, if a defense is penetrating, a lot of your gap schemes, when you're pinning and pulling, you can just kind of run underneath that penetration. So I think it, it all works hand-in-hand. Hand. Quinn struggles, the need to get Bijan and Roshan involved in the game, uh, managing the game better. I think it's all about focusing on your run game, dialing up your run game correctly, taking some pressure off of your quarterback, and then helping your quarterback understand, here's what the defense is giving you. Let's not force the issue. Just take what they're giving you because you're good enough in multiple aspects of your offense to still be able to move the football if the deep shots aren't there. And there was the awareness that uh, that Sark had and, and pretty much talked about yesterday at the presser about, he said, some of that's on the play caller. Yeah, yeah it exactly. Just, it just it, it it just is. He said I have to, but he goes back and he looks for people who think that he just he calls plays and then oh well it worked or oh well it didn't work and we'll go back and get him next time. He said he is reviewing every single decision he makes mm-hmm. as a play caller, just as he would review every single decision that say 
PK would make on a defensive call. Or Jeff Banks on special teams. Exactly. They're reviewing every single snap, every single thing that that's going on. So that and that's the self awareness part of it as well, saying you know, there's some things that, that uh, I have to take a look at and understand as well. Yeah, protecting the football, too. I know you talk about that in road games all the time and games in general. Do you realize, Craig, K-State's forced 14 turnovers this year? Yeah. All of those have been at home. Yeah. Tough to beat there in the little lap. That's wild, yeah. All, all 14 of their takeaways have mm. been at Bill Snyder Family Stadium, which is mm. crazy to think about. They haven't yeah. had a takeaway on the road yet. But, uh, no, I again, at the risk of repeating myself, I think it, it's going to take some – introspection from Sark mm-hmm. to have some patience and in turn Quinn have patience to understand look at the deep shots not there you're so good on offense you're you're a pretty you're pretty much a complete offense just take what the defense gives you and I think this bleeds into too the talk yesterday with Sark this question Sark got asked I forgot whether it was Nick Moyle or Danny Davis who asked the question but about the number three receiver mm-hmm. uh getting somebody other than Xavier Worthy and Jordan Whittington I don't know that you really need a number three receiver because your two backs are really good catching the football. Keelan Robinson now is a mm-hmm. legitimate receiving third, and you got a thirty catch tight end. You got enough Sanders. weapons there, so yeah, yeah, you're you're good enough to where if the shots aren't there, you yep. can attack a defense in multiple ways. All right, that's the notebook for this hour. We have another one coming up next hour. Up next, Hank Carter, head coach of the Lake Travis Cavaliers, will join Jeff and Snoop. Like I said, I'll step out for a few minutes here uh, for one thing I have to do, and then I'll be right back in. We still have Inconceivable. We still have uh, uh, Greg Tepper, managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, to join us. All that and more coming up and when we continue with Light the Tower here on the Horn, 1049, 1019, AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com.